Chapter 13 Polly and Bert Meet the Officials Polly and Bert walked past 49 Farringdon Road several times before identifying it. Tony had regretfully been called home, but left them with an insistence that Polly rang him later. The majestic red brick building stood numberless in a row of shabby shops. It was almost rendered invisible by its imposing neighbor, a brown slab of concrete making a poor impression of a delightful place to work. At street level, the narrow, arched windows dressed in white slats obscured any sign of what went on behind its jet-black double doors. Polly remembered the solicitor's offices she'd attended for the reading of her parents' will. The buzzer was unmarked. When pressed, the intercom crackled to life. No one spoke or asked any questions. A sharp beep indicated the door had allowed them access. They pushed through and stepped into an eerie, empty reception with a vast staircase. They both looked around, wondering what to do next, when two men and a woman descended the stairs. The woman, dressed immaculately in a perfectly tailored dark suit, spoke first as they reached the bottom of the red-carpeted steps. Miss Polly Fairwald, Mr. Bert Fairwald, we'd like you to follow us, please. She offered no handshake and spoke sternly. Polly was reminded of her deputy headmistress and checked if her skirt was tucked in, then remembered she wasn't wearing one. Sorry, but may I just... began Polly. Thank you, yes, of course. Bert interrupted, kicking Polly on the ankle. Knowing that whatever was going to come out of his sister's mouth wouldn't move things along. They walked quickly down a corridor with impossibly high ceilings. Bird's-eye sketches of areas in London covered the walls, interspersed with portraits of people. Polly had never seen these portrait people before, yet recognized them as powerful with their all-knowing faces. The lighting was soft and had a feel of a very grand hotel or members club. They entered a room set out like a living room, where there were two large sofas and a coffee table with a tea service laid out. Polly eyed up the biscuits. No chocolate hobnobs here. Please sit down, said the dark tailor-suited woman. We have a lot to discuss. I don't think you need me to tell you that you are both in a very negative situation. Polly couldn't help it and let out a little squeak of a laugh that earned her a stern look from all present, including Bert. My name is Dr. Matlock. I am the ambassador of knowledge for the official police. Dr. Matlock indicated with her head towards the taller man. This is Mr. Luke Smith, my executive assistant, and Dr. Andreas Cardolp. She nodded at the man, now sitting in an oversized armchair. Ambassador of Human Concerns. Polly felt the overwhelming urge to giggle. We'd like you to answer some of our questions. Polly and Bert exchanged a look. We have a few questions ourselves, Polly ventured boldly. We haven't done anything wrong. All we want to know is where our friend Donald is. She mentally put quotation marks around the term friend. How interesting that you refer to Donald as your friend, Miss Fairwald. Can you tell me the exact nature of your relationship? What do you mean? Asked Polly. Donald is our friend, isn't he, Bert? I'm talking to you, Miss Fairwald, not Mr. Fairwald. What is the true nature of your relationship with Donald? Is he not your husband? Dr. Matlock's eyes bore into Polly. Well, I mean, we're friends and lovers, 
stuttered Polly, mortified having used the word lovers in front of this woman. I see. I'm going to need something a little more specific. Let's start with how long you have known Donald Pigeon. Polly realized that she'd have to tell the truth, as it was clear to her that Dr. Matlock knew the answer anyway. Well, the truth is, I only met him a few days ago. Polly wondered why this felt like a lie. Her relationship with Donald was more profound than that. Having devoted the last few days looking for him, she'd grown close to him, and yet that was only her side of it, not his. Feeling stupid, she anticipated the next question. This great friend of yours, the one you raised a public appeal for, much to the ridicule of the official police, you met for the first time three days ago? And how many times since that seemingly all-important meeting have you met since? Dr. Matlock almost smiled. Well, it was just that one time, but I think, well, I know, a little more about him now, and... Polly stopped herself. She could hear how stupid she sounded out loud. It was bloody stupid. Something suddenly occurred to Polly, but she needed to think. If the official police knew she didn't know Donald, why were they asking her questions? What on earth could they want? It started to dawn on Polly that the whole thing was decidedly fishy. The official police had been expecting them. I must say, Miss Fairwald, you do seem to attach very little to what you consider a friendship. Do you count all people you meet once as a friend? You must find it difficult to keep up with birthdays. If this was a joke, then it was well hidden. Polly noticed that Bert was unusually quiet. She turned to glance at him. It was strange. He looked in control, not scared or moved in any way. It was also odd that he hadn't mentioned his friendship with Donald. Something else was clear. Though she was the one being questioned and shamed, all three members of the official police were looking at Bert. You also say that you have done nothing wrong. Now that's not true, is it, Mr. Fairwald? Bert said nothing. Polly turned to look at him and felt unnerved. He remained silent. What do you mean? she asked eventually. Please let Mr. Fairwald answer. Dr. Matlock's eyes glinted at Bert. Let's start with something easier. Where have you been for the last few years, Mr. Fairwald? Still, Bert didn't make any move to answer her. Not keen to answer, I see. How did you first meet Janet Planet? Bert barely moved. His eyes flickered briefly to Polly and back to Dr. Matlock. A moment noted by all. Who on earth is Janet Planet? Is that your wife, Janet? Janet, Janet? Asked Polly to Bert. Bert's face took on a strange quality, a glassy-eyed distance. He almost looked waxy. She is no one on earth, Miss Fairwald, answered Dr. Matlock. I would like a lawyer, said Bert. Ah, I'm afraid that won't be possible, Mr. Fairwald. You gave up that right when you actively chose to take part in interplanetary terrorism. Dr. Andreas Cardolp spoke up for the first time. He had a slight hint of malice in his voice, enjoying, for once, not being the object of Dr. Matlock's scorn. Interplanetary terrorism? What's that? Polly felt things had moved on several paces. She was drifting behind, trying to catch up. The interplanetary terrorism bill was set up shortly after the planet over there discovered Earth. 
We correctly predicted that there was a deeper reason for contact between the two planets than mere neighborly interest. Your brother, Miss Fairwold, is fully aware of that. Dr. Andreas Cardop warmed to his subject. Simply put, over there are planning to invade Earth, and your brother here is leading the crusade. Please, interrupted Dr. Matlock, her voice pricked into Cardop's spine. Stick to the facts. It's exactly that sort of simplistic reasoning that has put us all in this situation. What situation? What are you talking about? Why would over there want to attack Earth? Polly was wholly baffled. She tried to understand, but couldn't calculate it. Who was telling the truth here? Everyone contradicted each other. You might not like it, Dr. Cardolp, continued Dr. Matlock, ignoring Polly. But over there developed far more superior space technology than we on Earth could dare dream of. We are way behind in this so-called race. We are a threat only to ourselves, as uncomfortable and as small as that might make us feel. We are too insignificant for over there to attack. Well, we believe over there wants the rich resources the Earth offers and our jobs and money, said Cardolp. Dr. Cardolp, your opinions are as meaningless as they are welcome. Dr. Matlock was getting bored. Well, it's true, isn't it? Why are they here otherwise? He spluttered. Shut up, Cardolp, you pathetic man. Dr. Matlock turned back to Bert. I think perhaps you need to be honest with your sister, Mr. Fairwold. It seems you haven't been telling her the truth. Bert became a different person before Polly's eyes. He took on the look of a madman as the atmosphere got colder around him. She can either hear it from you or us. It's completely your choice, continued Dr. Matlock, her voice steady and unnerved. Your brother, Miss Fairwold, has chosen to put you and everyone else at risk. Seeing as he won't speak, perhaps I can explain to you what's been going on. She paused to sip her coffee. Your brother has become involved with an organization that's responsible for the deaths of many innocent people. They have a misguided belief that they are protecting the citizens of over there. Although, that's not your reason, is it, Mr. Fairwold? Yours is a little less heroic than that. Your reason is simple. You are exacting revenge. I don't believe you. Bert wouldn't hurt a fly, would you, Bert? It was a statement, not a question, but Bert refused to acknowledge Polly and instead kept his face fixed, as if in a trance and not part of the conversation. Polly wondered if she knew the man sitting next to her, the man who'd been missing for the last ten years. When she thought about his reasons for his disappearance, they were weak against the backdrop of this new information. What had he told her about the attacks? Hadn't he hinted at something? She'd been so worried he would leave again that she hadn't scrutinized his story, hadn't read between the lines or pushed him for more information. They had been playing, hadn't they? As they had as children. It seems very likely to us, Miss Fairwold, that your brother has been using you as his last line of protection. I don't know what you mean. He hasn't used me at all. Polly choked back her tears. Really? Are you sure about that? Think, Miss Fairwald, and this is serious. It's not a game. Why are you here otherwise? Did you decide to come here of your own accord? It was completely my own choice, protested Polly, though her mind was working ahead of her. Why was she here if not for Bert? 
He was the reason Donald came to visit her. Ever since then, she'd only had his information to go on. What was more likely? Would her brother use her? If only he'd deny it. That was what was troubling her the most. Why wasn't he telling them how ridiculous this all was? Did he believe the official police were a threat? I can see you are skeptical, but I implore you now to think about what this man has told you. I assume he believes us to be attacking Overs and disposing of them? Well, you did take Donald, didn't you? Polly said defiantly. We did bring Mr. Pigeon in for questioning. I assure you he's perfectly safe. We brought him in to find your brother, Miss Fairwold. She sipped at her coffee again, elegantly placing it down on the table. She had such small, delicate hands. We may have used unorthodox methods to question him, but we couldn't be sure how involved Donald was himself. We knew Mr. Fairwald was returning to the capital. You and Donald were the only connections we knew about. Your brother and his organization have been planning an attack for some time. We took Donald as soon as he contacted you. Bert, please say something, Polly appealed to her brother. This isn't true, is it? She reached out to touch his cheek, looking for a connection, some form of reassurance that they'd got it wrong. He flinched away from her, slapping her hand away, shaking her off. She felt as if he'd kicked her. She was swallowing a raw form of poison. It slipped down inside her, sickening her. She felt utterly lost, not scared, something worse than that. It was a realization of something she didn't want to acknowledge. It's not true, she said again, this time without conviction. Yes, it is, Miss Fairwold. And what's more, you know it is. The question now is, will you follow in your brother's stupidity? Do you, too, believe an attack is necessary? No, I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't even understand what's going on. Polly answered as honestly as she could. Good. I'm relieved to hear you say that. So we need you to think now, Miss Fairwald, if Mr. Fairwald won't speak. Do you still believe you're doing the right thing by protecting him? You moron! You utter moron! Bert erupted. Polly looked around, and his eyes told her all she needed to know. You don't get it. None of you do. They are going to destroy over there. He was breathing heavily, his eyes blazed. Mr. Fairwald, how could we possibly do that? We don't even know where it is. I understand your distrust in this organization, and I concede that you are right when you believe the world is at risk. Many leaders around the globe desire the destruction of over there, but the vital point you are missing is that your anger is misguided. I correct myself, your anger is contributing to the destruction of this planet, but you're too vain and too stupid to see. Vanity. <laughs> I don't care about vanity. I don't care what happens to me. A bit of spit ejected itself forcefully from Bert's mouth. That is precisely the flaw in your logic. You believe you are the one who has the answer. You believe only you and your crew understand what's happening and only you can solve it. That is where your vanity lies. The fact that you can't see it makes you dangerous, dangerous to yourself. Dr. Matlock edged closer to Bert. 
Oh, are you going to tell me I'm mad now? How typical. Can you hear this, Polly? This is how they get you. Bert turned to her, grabbing at Polly's hands. No, not mad, Mr. Fairwald. Ill-educated, misinformed, and unaware. You have killed innocent people, Mr. Fairwald. What gives you that right? Dr. Matlock looked almost curious. Luke Smith stepped forward and held Bert tightly by the arms. What gives you that right? The government has killed many innocent people, but because you have a name, because you do it as a business, what about all the needless wars? Bert's body writhed with anger and at the restriction. The government is accountable and elected. I am not claiming all decisions made are the right ones. Again, I agree that we need to be more responsible, but this is not an upper sixth form argument. There are reasons and responsibilities that we have to take. Still, we're not talking about that. This is your vendetta, Mr. Fairwald, and your ego. You have murdered men, women, and children. The certainty of Dr. Matlock's accusations made Polly feel very small. Dr. Matlock's words sunk into her heart. Polly, who up until this point had hoped somehow that there had been a big mistake, suddenly calmly accepted the situation. Although her heart shattered, it was at least a breakthrough. Dr. Matlock turned to her as if sensing it. You do have a choice, Miss Fairwald. You and Donald may walk away now, leaving Bert in our custody, or you can fight a public battle. You will be the ones that suffer the most, as the things your brother has done will not please you. I'd like to see Donald, she replied, turning away from the strange man she'd walked in the room with and at once known as her brother.